thank you so much for being here this Wednesday night. Don't forget it. It's really a really a fun time. Well, I uh, I love the Christmas story. It's one of my favorite times of year. Christmas Eve. It's just going to be such a neat time. The candles going up. Today we're talking about Joseph. <clears throat> now it's fascinating that I've I've actually called this sermon not my dream, <laughs> Joseph, because. This was not what he had in mind. If, if I said to you, like, give me a little rundown of your next two or three years, I wonder what you would say. Like, how many of you just want to go to Italy at some point in the next decade? Um, you might have that on your bucket list. You might have it in your mind. Like, I'm going to do this and this and this, and my plans are this, and I think you should, you should plan. You should go. This, this is not Joseph's plan. This, he didn't see this coming. He just fell in love with this cute girl named Mary. She's awesome. Matter of fact, I think it's cool that he found her before God did. Now, God might have known all along it was her, but he's, he's a smart guy. And now, all of a sudden, his life is being tormented because of something God did. And God did not warn him. If you don't know the story at all, just the, the quick of it is that Joseph was engaged to Mary. Now, in that day and age, to get engaged was a big deal. You had to meet with the family members, go through this big ordeal, have agreement, even financial agreements. And then usually that was 12 to 14 months out. And then the wedding day, which is another big deal, celebration, it's all it's a big thing. They're in that phase of saying engaged, looking forward to their wedding day. When Mary comes and sits down with Joseph one night and says, I'm pregnant. And Joseph says, wow. I, I didn't see this coming. Uh, who is he? No, I don't know if he said that. But she probably told him who it was. It was God. And he probably said, Really? Let's get you some help, Mary. He decides to break up with her because he, he didn't believe her. That's, that's hard to take. I mean, this is hard to take. This is, we know the end of the story. It's easy for us. Let's face it. You're not in the story. He's heartbroken. And he has a dream. An angel says, it's true what Mary said. Go ahead and marry her. So they get married, they have baby Jesus, that's the heart of it. But we're going to break the story down. Matthew chapter 1. First thing in your notes that I want you to jot down is simple. It's this, some God things seem impossible. You know, when God's involved, in some ways it's very predictable. And I like that about God. Um, I can tell you the time of the sunset three years from now on a Thursday night. That's how predictable he is. But there's another side of me that is intrigued by God because nothing is predictable when God's involved in many ways, in many instances. This is what Matthew 1, if you have a Bible, just leave it open. We're just going to go verse by verse through this. Matthew 1, verse 18. This is how Jesus, the Messiah, was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph, but before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin... She became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. 
We talked about Mary's perspective last week, so I'll not spend a lot of time on that. But God often thinks of things that we would never think of. I don't know where God got this idea. I guess God gave it to him. That's about the only thing I can think of. But when you look at God and his habit of often being God, there are many stories in the Bible that would indicate to us that he does things sometimes that are not logical. I was just going through Scripture this week. I I thought about the Battle of Jericho. Remember this story that these walls are like so thick and, and God says, oh yeah, yeah, march around them every day. And then on the last day, march around them seven times and like blow some trumpets and like yell. Really? Like if I said that to you, we're going to go march around Walmart and it's going to fall. Not, nothing against Walmart, but <laughs> like how many of you would actually come if I announced that today? You know, tomorrow we're going to meet and march around. The walls are going to fall down. No, you would be looking for ways to get me some help. Why? Because it's crazy. It's only a God idea. Gideon, I mean, get some lanterns and torches and some horns to blow to make some noise. 300 of you, that's all you need. Go surround the Amalekites and, you know, just yell a lot. God's into yelling uh, 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 in some of these battles. Samson, who would think that the strength secret lies in not getting a haircut? I tried that. It didn't help The Israelites are going to follow a cloud in the daytime? Really? A fire, a pillar of fire at night? Why? Because he's God. This story is a God story. There there has to be faith in us to even comprehend that Christmas happens because of God. And when you believe that, something big happens. How is God going to engage you with his plan? Or do you expect to engage God in your plan? You following me on that? Do you want to do God's stuff in your life? Or do you want to do your stuff and ask God to help? Big difference. I believe part of the answer for Joseph lies in this truth. Joseph said, use my life how you wish. And God took him up on it. So did Mary. And God took her up on it. When you pray that prayer, you have no idea what God might have in mind. Number two, how do I respond when I don't understand? If you follow God with your life, you're going to go through seasons you absolutely cannot predict and you will not understand and it will not be comfortable for you. Period. When you put God in your life, it doesn't mean everything goes to peace, peacefulness, or grace, or mercy. It means you have those qualities if you seek them, but it doesn't mean everything is going to go your way. Verse 19, Joseph, her fiancé, I love this about him. He was a good man, and he did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. I, I just, I was... I'm just mesmerized by him. And it's caused me to really go inside and look at some things in my own life. And I hope you'll do the same. There's three things. I think I put it in your, in your outline there. A, under this point. Three kind of takeaways, questions really, that I want to ask you. The first one is, do I want God's plan more than mine? Do I want God's plan more than mine? Now here's the irony of that question is that we almost always assume (laughs) that our plans came from God. Right? 
oh, I just felt good about it. Oh, I just, I just had peace in my heart about it. So this was, and that's a, that's a good thing to do. I don't want to proceed in my life without praying about things and, and going forward. And when I feel good about it, I go. But it doesn't guarantee the outcome that you think in your mind will happen when you make the decision. Nothing is guaranteed when God's involved. Joseph did not get a sign from God that this was about to happen when he proposed to Mary. He didn't know this was going to happen. Do I want God's plan more than mine? B, how will I handle disappointment? This, this is the question of the, of the message really today. How am I going to navigate through the disappointments that are going to come in my life, even though I'm following God and I'm smack dab in His will? Joseph, it says he was a good man and he did not want to publicly disgrace her. I, I started thinking about this. You know, how did Mary even tell this to Joseph? How... Like, they sat down one evening, and Mary's like, Joseph, this is really big, and, and it's going to be hard for you to believe me, but this angel visited me, and the Holy Spirit's coming upon me, and I'm going to have a baby, and it's going to be the Son of God. And I, I, I can't imagine, in serious, seriousness, what Joseph must have been thinking. I think, how many of you think he wanted to believe her? I mean... I would want to believe he's, he loves her. He, he wants to spend the rest of his life with her. He's not seen any signs in her life so far of flakiness. And all of a sudden, they're having this conversation about her having God's child. Man. So he made a decision. And it's sad because he, he was going to break up with her. That was his decision. Where is God? Why did God let him go this far and have the heartbreak I was thinking, what emotions did he feel? How many of you think he had frustration? Okay, He had to really be frustrated. He's, he spent time and put energy into this. I thought we were all good, Mary. Betrayal, of course. Why and how could she do this? Shock. This is not the Mary that I know. Curiosity. This is a strange twist. But do you think he asked her who it was? Like, do you think he had a moment when he goes, Mary, look, We've been honest with each other up to this point. Why don't you just tell me whose baby it is, and maybe we can work something out. That had to be in his mind, don't you think? That's why he's saying we have to break up. If he believed her, they wouldn't break up. And so he's got to have this curiosity. He's got to have anger. She, she totally deceived him. So all this stuff is going on. Why wouldn't he publicly disgrace her? I mean, we're in a culture right now where, I mean, you, you get your hamburger served wrong and you're yelping it out and telling everybody and writing it on their page and, and no pickles and that was, that was a sin. You didn't get pickles on your hamburger, right? People are quick to judge. I mean, they're just mean-spirited and boom, and everybody, if, if you cross me, you're going to regret it. Man, it's just, it's an attitude in our culture right now. And it's not what Joseph was. Joseph stopped and he thought about this and he he let the hurt, he let the hurt come into his heart, but he didn't take it out on Mary. He didn't get bitter, and that's a challenge for so many in our culture right now. He legally, if you go back to Deuteronomy chapter 22, you can read it if you like. Uh, a young lady that was engaged to be married, who lost her virginity before the wedding day, would be taken to her parents' home on the front lawn and stoned nothing to do with drugs rocks 
And, and he knows this, and he's choosing not to even let this out. He's choosing to be kind. See, how will I show care for those who disappoint me? Okay, this is just getting ridiculous. Are we really going to show care for people who disappoint us? Usually we want to get even. We want to get back at them. We certainly don't want someone else to be hurt by them. Let's talk about this a minute. How, how can we respond when we're disappointed? Is there something we can do? He decided to do it quietly. No tweets, no interview, no media. He's going to show his depth. I think this is the key. This shows how much he really loved Mary. He, he believed in her, and he's heart sick. And he doesn't want her hurt, even though he's devastated. I, I put down a few things for me. You know, I think you should express your disappointment with someone who disappoints you. I think that's fair. It's honest. It keeps the, the relationship real. But I don't think it should ever let you get bitter. There are some people, no doubt, in a group this size, and those of you in the South Auditorium right now, that there's some bitterness here. You have let somebody who hurt you, wounded you, divorced you, whatever, was unfaithful to you, you have let them win the overall battle of taking your heart away. You say, well, I can't help it. I know it's difficult, and I'm not minimizing your pain, but you're the one that's going to be the victim forever if you don't trust God to heal the wound of your heart. You can move beyond this, and you don't need to hold on to bitterness or vengeance in your life. Don't speak evil about the person. There's nothing in here. Joseph didn't say one mean thing about Mary. He just said, okay, I can't accept what you're saying. I need to break this off. Um, I believe he prayed for Mary. I think praying for, for our enemies, which is a Bible concept, is not easy. I've done it. But it's difficult. But what it does is it softens your spirit. And the Holy Spirit begins to massage that hurt. And that pain, and it allows you to move on and live a pretty normal life after the pain. Keep your integrity intact. Keep your character where it needs to be. Other people may not have integrity. They can say what they want, and it's hurtful when people lie about you, gossip about you, say things that are not fully true. It's a terrible feeling to be on the other side of that. But if you lash back, you're not going to have a chance to be godly with your integrity and your character don't become like them. Number three, can you say trust? Say it with me if you can. Ready? Trust. <laughs> trust. <laughs> Little word, big impact. So we're about to see uh, some major trust. In these, I think it's only two sentences here. Um, oh, no, it's the next one that I'll, I'll talk about. This is the angel. Verse 20. As he considered this, that's a big statement. Joseph is thinking. He's not just flying off the handle. An angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. This is huge. God showed up. You know, we don't know, scholars don't know how long it was between Mary telling Joseph and the angel visiting Joseph. If it was one day and he only suffered a little bit of time, but it feels like because of all the way it's explained that, it, that there was some time here involved. And that's the gap that some of you are living in today is 
knowing this but not knowing this yet. And that's the faith gap. And that's where you've got to live when you don't have an answer. That's where God calls us to live when we don't know what else to do. And I can just imagine after this how relieved Joseph must have been. I'm sure he picked up his cell phone and called Mary. And, and it probably came up on her phone, Joe, my sweetheart, you know, or something like that. A little picture of him, you know, riding a donkey or something. <laughs> right? And, and she's shocked maybe to hear from him, wondering what he's going to say. And I just can't imagine. He says, Mary, an angel appeared to me in a dream. And I can't explain all this, but I know what you told me was right. And it's true, and you were telling me the truth. And Mary would say, I told you so. And No, she wouldn't say that, I'm sure. But she would be so relieved, and now we're back to where we started. What do we learn? We learn that patience matters. When, when it says he considered these things, that means some time went by. You know, when you just, when you just fire one back over the bow... When someone hurts you, you just lost the opportunity to be considerate and to think it through. That's why anger is destructive, is it, it re reacts now with no thought about consequence. But there are always consequences to our actions and our behaviors. Always. And so let's learn from Joseph. He was thoughtful. He was considerate. Um, he, he waited and God came. Sometimes I don't wait long enough. And God has a pretty big waiting room. And if I will learn to be patient, God will show up and good things can happen. Um, I don't know why God didn't prepare Joseph more, except for maybe this, this one thought. And this might be the hinge for all of it. God wanted us to see. Joseph had no idea 2,000 years later we're going to be talking about him. God wanted us to see the kind of, of people that he uses. Guys like Joseph who stay true to their word and seek the counsel of God and don't fly off the handle when he's disappointed and things go wrong. See, if God would have prepared him, then he wouldn't have had to have that integrity or character because he would have already known how the story ended. It's like a movie that has a big ending and you know how it ends now so the movie loses a lot of its it's power, because if you know the ending, and you watch it again, you might see some new things along the way, but you already know the ending. You're not going to stress. You're not going to fret during the scary part or the sad part, because you know it all works out in the end. But that's what Joseph didn't know. He didn't know this was going to work out. We do, but he didn't. But he trusted God anyway. That's the kind of integrity that we need to have if we're going to walk with God on a daily basis. Very, very patient. Very, very impressive. Impressive. Uh, there is one last thing before I, I go through the next point. Is I'm, I'm fascinated that there is one person in this story that knows absolutely the truth about everything. And that's Mary. You know, to the women in the room today, when you know you are a virgin and you know you are with child and the angel told you this is what would happen... Mary knew. Mary didn't have to argue with anybody. You know, when you know it's true, you don't have to make a case to defend yourself because it's just the truth. 
And I love the fact that Mary knew it was true and this was really happening to her. And she could live her life fully knowing what God had said was happening in her body. And I just can't imagine that kind of peace. I thank God for that kind of peace sometimes in our lives. You just keep walking. Um, how does God talk to you? It's probably a good, a good moment. I think we have the Bible. They didn't have this book as we have it now. Most of the truth about God is, is in here and revelation is in here. Read scripture. And I don't read the Bible through every year. I know some of you do. I think it's a great thing. But it's like three and a half chapters a day to read it through every year. And, and sometimes I like to read like three verses over and over and over and over. And so, but read the Bible. Read, read the New Testament. Read what God's saying. Read his teaching. Read what Jesus says. Let it, let it fill your heart. Don't just read it to get through it. Meditate on Scripture. Um, I think we hear through trusted friends. I have great friends in my life that, that I run ideas by. Is this God? Is this just me? What do you think? Um, sometimes through a perfect stranger. I, I got a letter years ago now that really helped me because it confirmed something I was thinking about Timberline's vision um, years ago from someone I had never met. And then I, <laughs> I have to say, I get some other letters from people I have never met that are not of God, okay? <laughs> just so you know. Sometimes it can be a dream, a deep impression, discernment. But God does speak to us. He moves through our lives. And be sensitive to that. Wait for the calling of God in your life. Let it be a revelation through the Holy Spirit. Number four, God's dream often happens through us. I, I know that I believe in the sovereignty of God. Do you? I do. And sometimes, if we're not careful, we can have this idea that, oh, well, if, if I don't obey, God will get somebody else. Which sometimes maybe that's true, but... I just, I just, I'm looking at Scripture saying, what if Noah had just said, I'm not going to build the ark? What if Moses had followed his gut and said, I just, I'm not a leader, I stutter, I'm not going to go to Pharaoh, I can't, I just can't do this. What would have changed? I don't, I'm not so sure God just goes and gets someone else, like no big deal. I think you're wired to do the will of God. I think God is counting on you in your neighborhood, in your workplace, in your home, with your family, to do the will of God of God and the work of God. It's your mission. It's my mission. It's what we're called to do. Look at this, verse 22. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message to the prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son. They will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. Number five. This is a lot of obedience. You know, it's, it's one thing to, to say, okay, yeah, I'll do it. But in, in these two verses, 24 and 25, I want you to look at all the steps of obedience when Joseph, what he says to this. Verse 24, when Joseph woke up, he did, I love that, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded, and he took Mary as his wife. But he did not have sexual relations with her until her son was born. And Joseph named him Jesus. It was a big deal to name a child, but Joseph didn't get to do that because the angel told him the name. It's a powerful story. Obedience, 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 obedience. And Joseph stepped back out of the story 
to let God do what God wanted to do. And he steps into the story only to do what God wanted to do. Can I live like that? These are, these are powerful thoughts. He did it. I don't think he just, you know, married Mary because the angel said, like, okay, okay, Mary, I guess I'll marry you. No, I think he loved her, and he was relieved. And he was thrilled to be able to take her as his wife. At what level do I trust God? I, uh, I want to make this real practical for us today. This, this story can seem like a fairy tale. We read it, we know it, we build nativity sets, and people dress up like Joseph and Mary. And yet when real stuff happens in life, how do we handle it? It's a very good friend of mine and my wife Bonnie's named Ken Summers. Ken and Debbie have been a big part of our lives for over 30 years. We've been in ministry together in Denver before coming here. Ken was a marathon runner, great athlete, full of life, a pastor for years. He's worked for the state of Colorado. He's just an incredible brother. And a mosquito bit him. A mosquito. West Nile virus. And it blows my mind. So I want you to hear his story. Let's watch this. Debbie and I moved to Fort Collins the end of June of 2013. Uh, Less than a month later, I started feeling ill. And as uh, over the course of some visits to uh, urgent care and then finally to my primary care physician, ended up being hospitalized on July 22nd. That led to almost five months of hospital and rehabilitation with me coming back to our home in Fort Collins on December 10th. What had happened, I'd been diagnosed with West Nile virus and went into uh, respiratory failure. I had meningitis and encephalitis. And so there were some real questions about in those early days as I was in intensive care, what my future might be, whether I would either uh, survive. And if I did survive, Uh, what kind of cognitive abilities that I would uh, regain. Uh, I'm thankful that in the course of time that uh, I was able to uh, rebound and to be on the road to recovery, but it's been a a long haul. Even this year, I've been in the hospital several times with major infections, and at the end of February of this year, I almost died because of going into septic shock and that required some uh, few days in intensive care, uh, a couple of weeks of recovery from uh, from that. And in the midst of it all, uh, I've just learned that you have to trust God, uh, you know, one day at a time. As an active person and a pretty intense person, I oftentimes think of Psalm 23 where it says, he makes me to lie down. And sometimes when you are forced to stop when life brings you to a stopping place you have uh, no option but to uh, trust God to place your life in his hands and to know that he is with you each step of the way Uh, I'm so thankful for my wife and family and friends who rallied to my side 
I'm thankful for my church and for those who prayed intensely for me. And I realize that in the midst of that, when we can't believe for ourselves, there are others who will believe for us, who will come in and to hold us up and to stand in the gap. And that as we continue to trust God, we will find him to be faithful in uh, our lives. Uh, a theme song that we adopted was one that contains the, the words, God is with us. He is with us always. And that's what I've learned through this whole process. Would you just welcome Ken and Debbie Summers? I have, uh, I have asked Ken to lead us in a prayer today. We're praying for his continued recovery. Um, he has good days and not so good days, but Debbie, you have been so faithful at his side. It's just amazing. Um, Elmer and Isla Kircher, anybody remember them? Elmer was on the board. They're, they're both home with the Lord now, but this is their daughter, one of their daughters. And uh, I've never really... I'm sure you've had to ask why a few times, but in, in, the, in the visits and the talks, I've never seen you get bitter. Um, you basically have just tried to work on what can we do in the next hour, what's the next t today look like, what's tomorrow hold. Your kids have been phenomenal. They love you. They love God. It's just a, a picture of brokenness, imperfection, and I, I really admire you guys, and we love you. And we're a part of you. And thanks for letting us hear your story. I'm going to ask you, Ken, having faced all this stuff with Debbie agreeing with you and me agreeing with you, to pray for our church and people who are going through things that are bigger than, bigger than them. Praise God. Let's pray. Our gracious God, we do thank you today that you are with us. And we thank you, Lord God, that um, we can trust you. And I want to lift up those today, Lord, who are facing the questions of life and the challenges of this life. Lord, maybe it's um, a loss of a job or a loss of a relationship or a loss of health or a loss of a loved one. Lord, would you come alongside of them as only you can today? Lord, would you allow them to know that you are the God who is with us? And Lord, even as I'm reminded of those times that others lifted me up when I couldn't lift myself up. Lord, would you reassure people today that there are those who will lift them up and are lifting them up on the wings of prayer yes. before your throne so that they can have strength and encourage to face the next new day. Lord, I thank you for that. I pray that you would place courage and strength and faith and trust in each person today knowing that you are faithful in Jesus' name. Yes, Lord. Amen. Let's say thank you one more time to Ken and Debbie Summers. We love you. Bless you. Praise God. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this body. I thank you for the power of your spirit in our lives. It's truly amazing. And I just ask you even now, to touch those in this room that are going through one of those experiences that they didn't see coming. Matter of fact, if that's you, would you just lift a hand? I'm going through stuff. I just, man, I can't believe it. Lord, you see these hands. You know the story here. 
Would you touch them? Would you touch these brothers and sisters right here, right now, in this room? And, and if the circumstance doesn't change in this moment, give them the courage, the willpower, the understanding, the patience to be strong right now. Let them know that they are not alone. You are truly here today, and you are with them. Emmanuel, God with us. Lord, for some in this room who need to develop maybe the, some of the qualities that we see in Joseph's life, I pray that over me. I pray that over us as a church. I pray that over our men and women, our teenagers, our young people, that we will develop, that we will somehow have these qualities of patience, of listening, of being available for you to, to use, to spin, for your purposes need to be done on this earth. Forgive us for selfishness and desires and our own dreams that we haven't even taken to you. We want your stuff to be our stuff. Use us. Spin us. And finally, if there's someone in this room separated from you, Lord, they don't really know that you are a personal God. And if that's you today, you, you can right now where you are, just pray this prayer with me and it will be the beginning. It will be a start of your journey with God. If you know you're separated from Him, just say this with me. Lord, I'm separated from You. Forgive me. Cleanse my heart, my life. I want to follow You. I believe You died on that cross. I need You to be my Lord and my Savior. And I want it to be personal. I have trust and faith in You. And I give You my heart and my life. And my mind and my body. Use me for Your purposes from this day forward. I accept forgiveness by faith. Lord, we love you and we thank you for this day and for this amazing story. Let us be changed because of your word. Amen. Amen. Wow. Love you guys. It's pretty powerful to be together going through life like this and hearing so many stories this week and last week and lots of stuff going on in our fellowship, but a lot of God stuff. And so let's, let's keep it really at a high level of listening to God and doing what He wants us to do every single day. We're going to do something a little unique. Ushers, go ahead and come. Um, the song that they referred to uh, in the video, at the end of the video, Ken said there was a song that they held on to that talks about God being with us. And uh, we found that song, and there's actually a music video that uh, you may want to pick up. It's very inspiring, very encouraging. And we're going to watch that. So I'm going to ask you to stay seated. We normally stand once the plates go by, but stay seated so everyone can see the video. And uh, really look at the message of, of this song. And thank you for giving. I know it's kind of year-end, December giving, so take a look at where you want to be toward the end of the year. But uh, thank you for your faithfulness this year. Give as unto the Lord. Give with joy. And uh, please listen to the message of this video. God bless you. You can go ahead.
that is true. I am so thankful that He is with us. Let me just remind you, verse 23, look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son. They will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. He's with you. Why don't you stand if you're able? Our prayer team, would you guys come right on up right now? If you want someone to pray with you before you walk out of here, please uh, come on up and let us do that. Lots of great stuff um, out in the mall. Sign up to help us on Christmas Eve. This Wednesday night, don't forget it. And the sweet shop, oh my goodness, when I say amen, run. Lord, thank you for this beautiful day that we can come and be together as family and friends. Spend us. We thank you for Joseph and for Mary and mostly for Jesus. We need him. Amen. Say it with me. The service starts now. Go make a difference. God bless you. Have a great weekend. Thanks for being Timberline.